are now, basically, we are in a very bad situation. We have a lot of patients, very sick patients, because now we are only admitting the sick patients, not like before, for example. Uh, we don't have any more this option to admit someone with mild disease to observe and all this. So now really patients who need uh, oxygen, they are admitted, uh, whether they are very severe or critical or, you know, on oxygen. In December 2019, just two months after the start of popular protests across Lebanon, Human Rights Watch warned of an impending health crisis in the country. The government was failing to fund public and private hospitals, and they, in turn, were struggling to pay staff and purchase medical equipment. This was weeks before anyone in Lebanon had even heard of COVID-19. Since then, the situation has been getting worse. The impact of COVID-19 has steadily been building. The economy shrank over 19% in 2020, and inflation continues to rise. When on August the 4th, an explosion tore through Beirut, five nurses died, hospitals were damaged, and the pressure on the healthcare system increased. You're listening to Beyond the Headlines. I'm your host, Gareth Brown, and this week, we're looking at Lebanon's failing health system and asking, can it survive the coronavirus pandemic? In early January 2021, I visited the Rafiq Hariri University Hospital in Beirut and spoke to Dr. Usama El-Dabouni, an infectious disease specialist. We don't have enough beds. It's always full. Uh, patients sometimes wait in the ER for, you know, one day to have a place on the floor. So, uh, yes, we are in a very bad situation now. And um, where we are going, we don't know really. What we are seeing is increasing in the number of patients. And this, if we want to call it spike, it's a result of uh, what happened two weeks ago. Uh, Christmas, during the Christmas or during the New Year, New Year Eve and all this opening, you know, and it was really no control, uh, the normal population. They didn't take any precautions. So uh, I think this, these numbers or this spike, if you want to call it spike, it's uh, a result of what was been happening two weeks ago. So we were expecting this. What Dr. El Dabouni is talking about here is the easing of restrictions by the authorities in Lebanon over Christmas and New Year. But now, the repercussions of that decision are being felt on the ground by the doctors and nurses in hospitals, staff that were already struggling before the influx of cases. If the numbers keep increasing, okay, so this is for sure, no one can handle this. All the hospitals, private, governmental hospitals, they are really full and uh, we are not able to handle more. Uh, beds are complete, are full, ICU beds, normal beds. So if we don't take really, as you said, very um, serious measures, for sure it will collapse. The doctors, the nurses, all of us are very tired and um, we are not able to continue in this way. Lebanon entered a two-week lockdown on the 14th of January. Before that, the World Health Organization said the intensive care unit bed occupancy in the country was over 90%. The lockdown was extended until February 8th, resulting in protests erupting across the country. (laughs) 
Although protests against restrictions have occurred in many places across the world, the protests in Lebanon carry an urgency. The economy in the country has been worsening steadily. The 2019 protests that started with much optimism have slowly given way to the pressures of coronavirus, inflation and a lack of governance. The IMF expects to see major reform in the country before offering financial help, and the port explosion of August 2020 just further exacerbated the strains. It may seem difficult to understand why people would take risks against COVID-19, but for some Lebanese people, the choice has been a stark one. Suniva Rose is a correspondent for The National in Lebanon. You have to realize that the local currency is devaluated so much that somebody who used to make $1,000 a month now makes less than $200 a month. And at the same time, you know, there's really high inflation. So people are becoming poor so fast and so quickly. Now over half the Lebanese are poor. And their main worry is about, you know, getting, putting food on the table, about surviving. And you hear a lot of people say, I'd rather die of uh, COVID than hunger. But this attitude has consequences, ones that are felt deeply in Rafiq Hariri Hospital. To enter the corona ward at the hospital, you must be covered head to toe in PPE. After just a few minutes, the suit becomes hot and sweaty. The goggles start to fog up. Your field of vision is hugely restricted. You yearn to itch your face, but even that is forbidden. Staff on the ward are forced to wear the equipment for upwards of 12 hours. It's an extremely uncomfortable part of the job, but they don't complain. Few of the patients on the ward are conscious. There is an eerie soundtrack of ventilator beeps. Statistically speaking, your chances of making it off this ward alive are very slim. As low as 20%, the staff say. One of the people I spoke to was Hussein Al-Khazim, a registered nurse at the hospital. I'm a fresh graduate. I only started working uh, since two years only. I started working in intensive care ICU for COVID-19 positive patients. Since uh, about May, we received very critical ill patients, especially intubated patients on mechanical ventilators, which most of them suffer from ARDS. We see all kinds of patients here, young, uh, elderly, and uh, pregnant women also. We work our best to ensure the, to prolong our patient lives using uh, all techniques, all medications, from positioning, uh, new medication, drugs. Uh, we do our best, our effort to save their lives. Uh, we are full house, as they say, since about one year. We, we, have, uh, we have no, no beds, we are always full. There is no empty bed, and on each uh, shift, once a bed is empty, we receive another patient, we admit another patient from uh, ER, emergency room, or even regular floors. So we are always full, we work full time. Uh, some nurses work three, four, five days, five shifts uh, continuously. Yes, we are really exhausted sometimes. Hussein has been working long shifts, and the pressure on staff is a cause for concern. The country's instability in inflation, pay cuts, and sometimes unpaid salary, along with worsening working conditions, meant 2020 saw hundreds of doctors and nurses emigrate, looking for a brighter future elsewhere. Although the system has been bolstered by fresh graduates like Hussein, the loss of experience and the added pressure on these professionals is just another factor in a healthcare system that already hangs by a thread. I think uh, we will go to a disaster, a really huge disaster in terms of medical professional workers. Yes, we will be, we'll see very nurses being uh, positive themselves. We'll have shortage of nurses, of doctors. It will be a crisis.
Rafiq Hariri University Hospital is owned 20 billion Lebanese pounds for 2020 alone, according to Human Rights Watch. That's more than 13 million US dollars. Now the hospital itself is on life support, functioning largely thanks to aid from organisations such as the United Nations and the Red Cross. Across the country, the government owes hospitals more than a billion US dollars. Yet though the economic strains are vast, it is the physical shortages amid the suffocating pandemic that is putting most pressure on the frontline workers. She had a C-section, urgency section, but the baby was lost cause, unfortunately. Yes. To avoid the complication of COVID-19 later on her baby, they do an urgency section. Sometimes it works, sometimes it not. Unfortunately, she lost the baby, yes. Really, it's very bad. What makes it worse is that I, I, I admitted the patient when she was conscious. Unfortunately, she could not uh, tolerate the situation. She was very dyspneic, like hypneic. She couldn't breathe at all, so we had to intubate and start medical ventilation. It was on my shift, unfortunately. I wish she gets better now, but uh, she wasn't informed about her baby status yet. She wasn't told, yes. She, maybe they didn't have the time to tell her, or they refused to tell her in that uh, particular time. It's very sad. Hussein thinks that the people who are ignoring the lockdown perhaps do not see the real human consequences of the coronavirus. We only in news we talk about numbers, but people when they hear about numbers, they say like 1,000 lives doesn't matter, but one lives matter. If they show a face of, or a person, it really will be different. Not only talk about numbers, numbers, numbers only. To show a story, a real story about a patient, his life, his children, his family, what he was, what he used to work before, and how it affects his life and his family life, it would be very different. I wish more story and more news talk about this problem. As Hussein and his colleagues struggle to save the people who fall into their care, a struggling Lebanon battles its ailing economy. Protests against the lockdown continue. Sometimes I feel very disappointed. I wish if they can only spend one shift, half a shift, only six hours in this intensive care, they can see the, the damage, they can see the suffer people had and us nurses, doctors had. They really would change their mind, especially those people who still doesn't believe in Corona and say no to wearing masks and social distancing, which they can uh, experience. I want to say to them, uh, they really should think about us and first they should think about their families because they really can affect their family. The one uh, stupid mistake that can cause someone's life to be taken. It, it really can cause this. I want to ask them to stay home, stay with their family, their close family, not very uh, all relatives. In those only 11 days, they can pass in order to restore our lives normally and go back to old and normal Lebanon and our old lifestyle. But the old lifestyle is a world away. On the streets, the protests convey a desperation that can easily match that felt by Hussein. I am standing with the people here, the poor and hungry people, people who can't find something to eat. Tomatoes are at 5,000 Lebanese pounds a kilo. If you want to eat them with some lentils. They closed our shops, our houses, and everything because of coronavirus. Stay at home, stay at home. Isn't this how you ask people to stay at home? Provide for those you are asking to stay at home. Give money to the people for them to eat and drink. During my visit to the hospital's corona ward, 
staff spoke of their frustration that the general public didn't take the virus seriously enough over the holiday lifting of the rules. Those working at the hospitals have sacrificed seeing their families and anything resembling a social life over the last 11 months. But the relaxing of the restrictions over Christmas and New Year means the virus is now running rampant. Hussein's own quarantine has taken a toll. I can say it was a life-changing. It really affects our lives, changed our lifestyle in order, in all possible ways, in, our, in how we work daily, our routine work, how we dress, our PPI, we, we dress, how we eat, how we sleep, how we react with other people, and especially our social lives also, especially for people who have families. They have to stay away from their family in quarantine and uh, away from their children. It really affects our lives, especially in terms of friends and uh, our relationship. Uh, since we have to social distance, we can't uh, go out anymore, smoke, argile, or, you know, those details Lebanese have. Yeah, it really changed our lifestyle. Hussein lives in hope for the future when some semblance of a normal life can resume. I really want to go out and hang, hang out with some of my friends again, as we used to do before, even called all-time friends also. I really would like that to happen again. Social distance is hard, but it's really effective and really a necessity right now. We need that right now, plus wearing masks. For now, this bright future feels very far away. Medical staff often have to deal with angry family members when hospitals cannot admit patients. A lack of beds, medicine, oxygen, ventilators and staff means more patients unable to get the treatment they need. If the virus continues to spread at its current rate, another disaster is surely on the horizon. As the numbers continue to rise, Dr. Eldabuni hopes that perhaps at least the Lebanese people will learn to take the virus seriously. I hope that we should learn from our mistakes. I don't think that any family or anyone didn't have someone very close to him being suffering from corona died or not, but been suffering. Corona by itself, even if you're not severe, patients, what they um, describe, very severe illness, they are very sick. So I think experience this um, uh, presentation of anyone very sick or any family member very sick. So we should learn from our mistakes, you know. So what we are now dealing with is very dangerous and uh, we are not able to handle this anymore. So all the people who are really thinking that it's not true or nothing will do, uh, will not have more, uh, it will not harm us more. No, we should really be very careful. We are not only hurting ourselves, we are hurting also others when we don't take measures. Thank you this week to Dr. Usaima El Dabouni and Hussein Al Khazim. You've been listening to Beyond the Headlines. I've been your host, Gareth Brown. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe by clicking the subscribe button on your favorite podcasting app. If you have time to leave a review, we'd love to hear what you think. This week's episode was produced by Finbar Anderson, Arthur Edison, and Aisha Khan. 